Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, Incline listeners. Looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everyone? Thank you for listening to The Incline. I'm your host, Kevin Klein. You can follow me on Twitter, at Klein25. It's Thursday, July 25th. Dodgers have another off day this week. You may be listening Thursday, Friday. It don't matter. As long as you're listening to this podcast, that's all I care about. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Buzzsprout. Dodgers heading into this weekend series with the Washington Nationals. Currently, the Dodgers, 67 and 37. That's 14 and a half ahead of the Arizona Diamondbacks and those pesky San Francisco Giants. They still have a very large lead in the division, so there's no need to panic. However... The Angels came into Dodger Stadium, and honestly, the Dodgers, there were some expectations. They were the favorites. They were expected to win, if not one game, both of them. It didn't go that way. The Dodgers, they got swept by the Angels. And not only did they get swept at Dodger Stadium, they also got swept in Anaheim. So the Angels... They win the season series. It's over. They won all four games. There's a few people we should call out for how this went wrong. 
First thing I got to call out, Dito Ebel wasn't a good call to send the runner on that Kike Hernandez single in game one of the series with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Bellinger got thrown out at home, and that was the game. You know, they say you never want to make the last out at home. And they took a little gamble, and it didn't pay off. But maybe the final score shouldn't have been 5-4 to four to begin with. Dodgers continuing to give free runs away like they're hotcakes because they continue to commit errors. They committed a couple more errors in this series. They extend their National League, leading 75 errors on the season now. You know, Ma- Max Muncy leads the team with 13 errors, and Corey Seager, he had another error. He has 12 and then you look at last night's game, Austin Barnes practically giving the team nothing on offense, literally. He makes an air, throws that ball, air mails it into the outfield. The runner goes from first to third, easily gets to score after that. And you know, Austin Barnes in his last 30 games, he's hitting 149 with one home run. There's a lot of people breathing down Austin Barnes' neck right now because they want Will Smith to get called up from OKC. And Will Smith, he's been on fire in AAA. He's got 20, 21 home runs, you know, something around that. Bring in the offense as a catcher. It's like the next reincarnation of Mike Piazza. Now, obviously, he probably will never be at Mike Piazza's caliber, but right now... Seems like every night you look at the box score and he's got a home run. If the Dodgers offense, the one through seven guys, did their job consistently every night, there wouldn't be such a push for the Austin Barnes replacement. But because you get your struggling jocks, you know, Bellinger, he's a little cold. Muncie didn't have a good series whatsoever. Pollock, ice cold puts more pressure on the catcher to do a little on offense. At least Justin Turner had a pretty good series. Hit a home run last night. Had a few hits as well. It's always good when JT is heating up at the plate. This is usually his time. Get ready for that second half push. The Dodgers, they're 7-5. Coming out of the All-Star break. A little slow so far. Getting swept by the Angels, not easy for any Dodger fans to stomach. Let's talk about Cole Calhoun, because on that series preview with Jane, thank you, Jane, for coming out to the incline. Killed it with your analysis. We got a lot of stuff right, almost nothing wrong. And one of the players that I highlighted was Cole Calhoun. I think everyone jumped on board after they saw Calhoun get that first RBI and then he hit the home run in that first game. Everyone realized, yeah, Calhoun, he's a Dodger killer. And I said in the podcast, they got to beware of Cole Calhoun. And not only did he have one home run in the series, he had two. He also threw out Bellinger at home to end the first game. So Calhoun, 
torched the Dodgers in this Angels series. He, he torched them all year long. And it's no surprise, in his career at Dodger Stadium, he's hitting like over 400 with six home runs. If I'm any contender out there right now, I'm looking at Cole Calhoun and I'm making a trade with the Angels. If you're the Cubs, you're the Cardinals. Hell, if you're, you're the Astros, Brewers, Phillies, it doesn't matter. You should be calling the Angels right now and sending a trade proposal for Cole Calhoun because if you want to beat the Dodgers, you need the players that kill the Dodgers in the regular season. It's worked with Daniel Murphy in the past. It worked with Matt Carpenter. John Lester has had success against the Dodgers in the postseason. To me, Cole Calhoun could be that next guy, and you probably only have to pay $5 million for the rest of his contract for this season. It's pretty cheap. And then next year, he has a club option for a million-dollar buyout. So, honestly, that's relatively nothing for a team. So, would not be surprised if Cole Calhoun gets traded now. And thank you. Um, you're welcome to all those other teams out there for stealing my idea. Another guy, Mike Trout. He hit a big home run off Yimi Garcia in the first game. Like Jane said, Mike Trout has been on fire. He has like 11 home runs in his last 13 games, something along those lines. And, you know, Yimi Garcia. Some people have faith in this guy. I don't. I think Yimi Garcia looks excellent in non-pressure situations. But when the game is on the line, Yimi Garcia usually folds. He's one of those guys that I think is going to stick around until the very end of the season. He's going to miss the cut for the postseason roster, but he's not going to get cut off the team yet. I think he'll make it to 2020 because they seem to like Yimi Garcia. He's another pet project, just like Pedro Baez, where they're going to count on this guy for years and years to come. <clears throat> and... Maybe one day he'll come through just like it took buys quite a few years. But regardless, this Dodger series, not great. They weren't hitting with runners in scoring position. They made the errors, like I said. Jaime Berea kept them in check. He went five innings, barely gave up any damage. That was disappointing. Ross Stripling left the game yesterday after 62 pitches with some neck stiffness. I was kind of hoping that he got traded to Toronto. We'll get to some quick trade deadline talk in a moment. I got a few questions that we're going to address. And Kike Hernandez, he had to leave the game as well. He got hit by a pitch, but x-rays were negative. Hopefully Kike can avoid an IL stint. You know, other than that, I think we pretty much covered everything that went wrong with this Dodgers-Angels series. You know, the Dodgers offense was pretty lifeless. Couldn't really get to the Angels' bullpen. And, you know, they made some base running blunders, and ultimately that was the difference. Hopefully in 2020, Dodgers can get some revenge, but right now all we care about is 2019. The goal is to win the World Series, and anything short of that would definitely be a disappointment. So let's, let's get to some questions real quick. 
So the trade deadline is coming up in less than a week now on July 31st. We still have no big moves that have gone down as of this moment when I'm recording. Although I expect Marcus Stroman to get moved very soon. I think he's going to go to the New York Yankees. I posted a whole list of where I think players are going to go this trade deadline. You know, some of them, Mike Miner to the Twins, Noah Syndergaard. I think he'll be the shocker and get traded to the Padres. I still think the Giants are going to be sellers despite winning as many games as they have coming out of the break. Will Smith got him going to the Red Sox. Madison Bumgarner to the Braves. And the Dodgers, you know, ultimately, I think they're going to end up with Ken Giles. I'm banking on that. I think Toronto and the Dodgers have a good relationship, and they really want some starting pitchers. The Dodgers have an abundance of starting pitchers, so I really think that's going to work out ultimately. I don't think Felipe Vasquez is going to get traded. I think the Pirates are going to hold on to him due to the amount of years of control he still has coming down the line, which is till 2023. So the first question we got might be a comment. Not really sure. It's from the 10th man. With so many potential trade partners in the playoff hunt, the Dodgers' chances to land the perfect bullpen pieces are slim. The best, the best available relief pitchers from non-contenders are Shane Green, Alex Colomay, Michael Givens, Ken Giles, and Felipe Vasquez. Since the latter will cost a fortune, I'd be happy with two of first four. You know, ultimately, I get what he's saying. And yes, the Dodgers need two relievers. They need one elite righty and one okay lefty. Now, it's, it's a little hard to get people on board with that idea. So you got to be a forward thinker. If the Dodgers make it to the playoffs, which we're going to assume at this point, they're going to face teams like the Braves, the Cubs, the Astros, and the Yankees. So we look at the Braves lineup. Outside of Freddie Freeman, they are loaded with righties. I mean, Josh Donaldson, Ronald Acuna Jr. Albies is a switch, but I think he bats um, better from the left side. Actually, no, he bats better from the right side. And then um, be right there. So my point is, You need the elite righties to shut down these guys because most likely the Dodgers are going to start a lefty. So their lineups are going to be heavily right-handed based. And that is why after, you know, Hill, Ryu, Kershaw, they go their five, six innings, they're going to be facing a lot of righties. And that's going to require the manager from the other side to either keep those hitters in which is very likely or they're gonna have to go to the bench and bring a cold lefty off the bench but in the past the Dodgers have been killed by right-handed bats and the Red Sox were loaded with righties their MVP Steve Pierce pretty much a nobody he's a righty and that is why it's important to get someone like Ken Giles to come on in the eighth because the odds are they're gonna face the top right-handed bats You got Jansen for the ninth, Giles in the eighth. This is where you get Joe Kelly and Baez to pitch the sixth and seventh if necessary. And then you bring in Julio Urias 
and then that one other lefty to get the one or two left-handed bats. To me, this concept isn't very difficult, and I hope the Dodgers realize that, you know, come playoff time, most of the big threats bat right-handed. So it's very important to have the pitchers to neutralize any big right-handed bat because there's going to be a lot of them. Very few lefties. So, you know, look at every team's lineup. You'll get what I'm saying. These teams are just loaded with right-handed bats. They're not like the Dodgers where they have most of their top hitters bat from the left side. These teams, most of their top hitters bat from the right side. Next question comes from Ian Edward Nielsen from Dodgers Lowdown. Who, if any guys, would you be willing to deplete some top, top talent for? I'm talking Lux, May, and Ruiz. Okay, ultimately, I'm not willing to trade any of those three for a relief pitcher. Gavin Lux, he's hitting like around 500, it seems like, in AAA. Dustin May, he's going to be a top arm. He could be a solid number three or two for years to come. And Kybert Ruiz, I've been saying for a long time now, he's the future catcher, not Will Smith. I mean, Kybert Ruiz just got promoted to AAA, and, you know, throughout his minor league career so far, he's like a 299 hitter. And this season alone, he's had over 200 at bats. And at one point, he only struck out 10 times. And he's a switch hitter. So when you have a guy who's only 20, he may have just turned 21. With an eye that good at that young an age where he doesn't strike out, that means it's only going to you know, translate moving forward, and this guy can be counted on to put the ball in play. Not only that, he's a great pitch framer, and I really think he's going to be this team's next Yadier Molina, and if they were to move him for a reliever, they could regret that for years to come. So if there's any guy I was actually willing to trade some top talent for, I would actually be most willing to give Will Smith to a team. I kind of get the feeling Will Smith is playing over his head right now. He had a couple home runs in the majors, did some exciting stuff, but I'm really worried fans are falling in love with this player just way too quick. You know, he's overall he's unproven. We never know if he's going to fall into a major slump. You know, the scouting report isn't exactly out there on what this guy's weaknesses are. If teams are throwing him just fastballs right now, then yeah, he might hit them far. But I really haven't seen a lot of curveballs and off-speed pitches thrown to Will Smith. And those could be his weakness. We really just don't know. Thank you for the question. And then the last question comes from Ray Koyazo, and he asked, I'm curious who the ideal bullpen candidates are. Will they be looking at any bats and or starting pitching? So we already discussed Ken Giles. I think he's the go-to guy. Tony Watson would be a nice piece to go along with that. However, lefties are hitting 340 against Watson, so that's not really good when Watson's a lefty thrower himself. But ultimately, you know, that could change. I don't think the Dodgers are going to need any bats anymore. 
I think with the immersion of Gavin Lux, he could be a September call-up, and he could set the world on fire. And then in terms of starting pitching, I do think the Dodgers could afford to trade for a starter. Um, I really like the idea of buying low on Corey Kluber. You know, Corey Kluber is in the process of rehabbing. He should be back by September. You know, Corey Kluber is an SP1, and the Indians, they're in a weird spot where they're winning games, but they know they need to rebuild, and they already have three young studs. That's why I don't think they are going to end up moving Trevor Bauer because he's a lot younger. And, you know, they've been having as much success as they've had all year without Kluber. So this is their opportunity to trade Kluber to another team, get back some pieces that could help them right now, as long as some pitch, some pitchers or pieces that will help them in the future. So, like, a good idea would be Dodgers acquire Corey Kluber, Dodgers ship over... Jock Peterson, their th- the third catcher, which could be Cartaya, another starting pitcher like Mitchell White in the farm, and it could be anyone else like Dennis Santana, and that's and maybe the Indians want DJ Peters or someone. So those pieces like that that help the Indians right now, but at the same time help them in the future because. The Indians really are, they're thinking forward because I don't think realistically they're going to win the World Series this year, and I think they know that. Thank you for the questions, guys. Trade deadline should be very fun. We're going to have a show all about that in a few days. Just want everyone to get the idea that right now bullpen help is the main target for the Dodgers, but as I'm sure everyone knows, it's pretty obvious. So the Dodgers go to D.C., Home of the White House. Take it on the Washington Nationals. These teams met back earlier this season at Dodger Stadium in May. They had a 2-2 split, ultimately. Washington. Really on a good tear right now. They're 55-46. They're four games out of the NL East for first place behind the Braves. They're the leader in the wild card at the moment. 29-20 at home. And earlier this season, it's insane. They were 12 games below 500. They flipped the script. They're nine games above 500 now. So they went from sellers. People were like, oh, yeah, we want Sean Doolittle. We want Max Scherzer. Anthony Rendon, he could be trade bait. To now the Nationals, they're going to be full-on buyers. They're going to go after the same relievers the Dodgers want. I have no doubt about it. I think they end up with Jake Diekman and Shane Green because their bullpen is still the worst in Major League Baseball at 30th. They have a 590 bullpen ERA, so that's awful. But their team ERA is actually 12th overall, and it's 429, so their starting pitching must be doing quite good. You know, they have a pretty solid offense. When it comes to runners in scoring position, they're actually 5th, hitting 280, while the Dodgers, believe it or not, are 6th, hitting 272. Team is on the lower side of home runs. They can hit for average. They got Trey Turner. He's a very fast runner. He'll steal bases. And, you know, this is going to be a three-game series Friday through Sunday. Dodgers get to avoid Max Scherzer, it appears, unless he gets pushed back. And they're going to get to avoid Patrick Corbin. So that's a 
bonus as well because Corbin kills the Dodgers. Right now, I don't really have the probables officially announced, but this is based off my assumption looking at the schedule in the past few days. And I got Anibal Sanchez. He's 6-6 six and six with a 380 ERA, 81 strikeouts, 135 whip. Taking them out for the Nationals, he has a 491 ERA um, since the All-Star break. And Jock Peterson's had, he's had two home runs off Sanchez while Verdugo, 3-5 earlier this season against him. Sanchez faced the Dodgers, and he went four and a third innings, giving up three runs. Dodgers won that game 5 nothing, And he's taking on your top Cy Young candidate, Hunjin Ryu. He's 11-2 with a 176 ERA, 112 strikeouts, .93 whip. Whip's gone up a little bit, but still under one. National hitters in the past, they're only hitting 190 off for you. Rendon has one home run. Other than that, nothing really to spotlight. Ryu faced the Nationals earlier this season as well, and he went eight innings, gave up no runs, and nine strikeouts. In his career against the Nationals, he's made four starts, He's 2-1 and one with a 135 ERA. And the fun fact is Ryu took a no-hitter into the eighth inning against the Nationals early, earlier this season when Gerardo Parra, that pesky guy, we'll talk about him in a second, broke it up. But Ryu still won those eight innings, so dominated this team. You know, you kind of look to see that, see that happen again. Very good track record. Next game... We'll see if this actually goes through, but Joe Ross taking the mound, 0-2, 945 ERA, a whip of over two. In his last start against the Braves, he was able to actually go five and a third innings, gave up eight hits, allowed three runs. But those stats are awful. If the Dodgers do get to face Joe Ross, they should be all over that. I remember going to... An NLDS game in 2016. Joe Ross started the game for the Nationals, and Dodgers got to him right away in the first inning. Adrian Gonzalez hits a home run. They go up in that game. Anyways, Clayton Kershaw, he's taking the mound for the Dodgers. 8 and 2, 284 ERA, 108 strikeouts, and a 1.02 whip. Out of the All-Star break, he's made two starts. He has a .75 ERA. So for all those out there that said Kershaw is washed up, not worth the money, I don't hear you guys complaining right now. To me, it looks like Kershaw still an ace of this staff. You know, as long as he can stay healthy, you got to love having Kershaw in that rotation. He is just killing it. He should have got that one against the Marlins. He left the game leading 6-0. Bullpen blew it. You know, if Kershaw had all the run support he deserved and the bullpen didn't blow games for him, he'd be up there in that all-time wins list. But unfortunately, thanks to some injuries and bad luck, he's not going to. Para, he's faced Kershaw a lot. 41 at-bats, to be exact. He's 13 for 41. That's a 317 batting average. And Anthony, Anthony Rendon has a little success as well, hitting 294 against Kershaw. 
So, so far, these first two games look heavily in the Dodgers' favor. These are right-handed bats that the Dodgers should be able to pounce on. They don't throw hard. Sanchez throws a nice changeup as well as some off-speed pitches. But I really like this matchup for Max Muncy and Bellinger. I think both of them are going to go deep. And Verdugo seems to be due for another big game as well. Final game of the series features Steven Strasburg from San Diego State. 13-4 and now. So he might be one of your major league leaders for wins. 337 ERA, 159 strikeouts, 1.08 whip. Strasburg quietly having an excellent season, not getting a lot of talk. But, I mean, when you look at those stats, he's really doing the job, and that's probably a big reason why the Nationals have turned their season around. A.J. Pollock, he's 6 for 11 with one home run, so that's pretty good. And Justin Turner, he's got a 364 batting average with two home runs off Strasburg as well. And they're going to take on the young phenom, Walker Bueller. He's 9-1, 323 ERA, 131 strikeouts, .98 whip. Last time out, Bueller went seven shutout innings against the Marlins. Some people probably feel like Bueller is a little regressed in terms, if you compare it to last season. He has his off games, but when he's on, he looks as dominant as ever. And I really like this matchup for Walker Bueller. I think he's going to throw, I think he's going to go six or seven again. And he might give up one or two runs, but it's going to be a pitcher's duel. And, you know, with that slider he's throwing these days, I think he's going to generate a lot of swings and misses. Strasburg, on the other hand, still throwing a little hard, not as hard as he once did. That fastball can reach 94. He's going to throw a changeup, a sinker, and he has a curveball that's nearly unhittable. Some of the hitters for the Nationals that just be aware of. Trey Turner, he'll bat leadoff. Very fast. He's going to steal bases when he gets on, hitting 286. Anthony Rendon, their third baseman, all-star this season. Batting 315 with 21 home runs, 70 RBIs. And then Gerardo Gerardo Parra, pesky hitter, always has given the Dodgers some annoyance in the past. He hit that grand slam earlier this season. He's been with the Diamondbacks. He's been with the Rockies. Now he's on the Nationals. This seems like every time he faces the Dodgers... He's going to cause some, he's gonna cause some issues. And I don't believe he's on the IL or anything, so we should, we should see him. He's not an everyday starter, but I'm sure against the Dodgers, they're going to throw him in there. And then Juan Soto, they did not face him the first time out because he was on the IL. He's batting 287, 17 home runs, 62 RBIs. And then they got former Dodger Brian Dozier. All I got to say is, meh. Thanks for nothing, bro. Came over to our team. Had one good game. You sucked after that. Out of the bullpen, there's not too many guys to be aware of. 
like I said, they have the worst bullpen, but Sean Doolittle, their closer, he's the one bright spot. Should be a pretty hard-fought series, I think, because the Nationals are throwing two junkers out there. I think the Dodgers could actually sweep the Nationals in D.C. First of all, that would really put a little buzzkill in their, that Nationals momentum. Second of all, Dodgers on a two-game losing streak. It's time to turn it around again. They got to win some games because they're actually a half game behind the Yankees at the moment for the best record in Major League Baseball. And we don't want the Atlanta Braves to catch the Dodgers. You know, other than that, you know, congrats to the Angels for beating the Dodgers. Thank you, Jane, for joining the incline. Always looking for new guests to co-host with me, especially if you got insight on the upcoming team we're facing. After this national series, Dodgers go to Coors Field, so that will be interesting. And, you know, from now until the next podcast, there could be a big trade that goes down. You just never know. Thank you all for checking out this episode of The Incline. Hope everyone does okay after getting a little humiliated by those angels. That's going to conclude the episode and podcast today. Everyone have a great weekend. Kevin Klein out. all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.